Welcome to my bloody horrorcast. Welcome back. It's been a minute. Last time we thrilled you with trials and travails of puppets. <laughs> now um, we saw a couple new things uh, mm-hmm. in the past week. I know one of them you had seen before, and I had not seen, and one we had both not seen. Yeah, so it was kind of exciting. Um, and a couple, uh, we, have, we have an oldie in there as well. So we had a couple uh, good movie viewings over the last uh, week and a half, mm-hmm. two weeks. Yeah, we've watched some good stuff. Mm-hmm. You have watched one that I'm really excited about seeing. We'll talk about that a little bit. And I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of jealous that you got to see it because I missed the one night that it was showing. But then it's coming back to Athens. Well, let's catch up on what we've watched that we didn't watch together first. Okay. Do you, you want to go? That sounds good. So, well, actually, I think everything that I've watched the last week is pretty much been with you. I thought you just watched Phantasm 2 again. Well, we didn't completely finish it because, so, if you guys remember from a couple episodes back, our good friends Kate and Eric were guest starring. We were talking about some of the um, crazy, weird cult stuff on Prime. Well, I went over to their house to do a Phantasm 2 viewing with uh, both their boys who, again, were giving them the uh, Horror Education, Horror 101 um, film experience. Unfortunately, we made it about halfway through and um, Betty by. Uh, had to happen, oh, so shoot. we did not make it through the whole thing. Um, I've seen Phantasm two tons of times. The first time I saw it was probably nineteen eighty nine, ninety or so. I mean, it was you know, and I barely remembered it, but I remember loving it. And uh, and and so since then, I've seen it multiple times. But this is the Scream Factory uh, remaster, re release, which is fantastic as always, and has oodles and oodles of extras, and it's it's pretty sweet. Well, maybe this is a blessing in disguise because I was unable to make that screening and one of my secret shames is I have never seen a Phantasm sequel. I think you need to join us for the next one. Um, I don't mind starting it over from the beginning as well, but you definitely, I mean, last 45 minutes just get really nuts. So, <laughs> and the, ball, the balls really get crazy. And the first one, the balls are there, but, but but this is all about some balls and Phantasm too. So, uh, so yeah, if you like balls... Watch that one. Uh, No, so anyway, that was one of the viewings I had. What about you? All right. Well, I've got a few. The first and biggest thing I want to talk about is I saw Mandy. Um, It's Panos Cosmatos, who did Beyond the Black Rainbow. I believe those are his only two movies. Uh, You are correct. Okay, and I have this quote from my friend Chris Deason, because we saw it together. One night in Buford, it was an hour drive. It was totally worth it. But he describes it as... A baking soda-infused, water-soluble, completely smokable concentration of heavy metal magazine. Like a nightmare where the worst monster you can imagine comes for you and you stomp its dick. And I really think that's the only review you need. But <laughs> it, it really it hits all your sweet spots. It like There's a lot of... I mean, there's obviously a lot of 80s stuff in there. But mm-hmm. um, kind of like Beyond the Black Rainbow, like it has retro influences, but it's wholly original. Like, his movies are just so... That's hard to do these days also. Be... Yeah. Harken back to a prior era, be quote-unquote retro, but be but yeah, be original enough not to come off as derivative. Very tough. Yeah, and I would love to talk about this movie with anyone, but I don't want to spoil anything for Carrie because I'm going to watch it again with him when it comes to Cine in Athens. Hell yes. Um, I will say really quick... I think that Nicolas Cage is one of our greatest living actors, <laughs> and watching him freak out is a treat. And there are multiple like yes. Cage moments that are just incredible. Andrea Riseborough plays Mandy. Um, I've only seen her in a couple things, but she looks different in every single role I've seen her in. So she was in like Death of Stalin. 
as like the daughter. Do you know? Oh what I'm talking yeah, about? Well, Death of Stalin's a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my. It's actually if we were doing our non-horror Oscars right now. That'd be one of my favorites of 2018 so far. Same. This is why we're friends, Carrie. I know. I know. Um, and also has- watching Steve Buscemi. Um, you know, play <laughs> uh, uh, play um, Khrushchev. Nikita Khrushchev, Khrushchev is yeah. a real treat. But yeah, she's in that, and she's in like. An episode of Black Mirror from the recent season. Mm. It's that couple where she keeps having to kill to like cover her tracks. Oh, okay. But she looks so different in all three of these roles. A chameleon. All right. Yeah, she's awesome. And then Bill Duke plays Nicolas Cage's only ally, if you can say that he has any allies in the film. So that was exciting just to kind of tie it back to Predator in some way. Yes. Um, and... I'm going to get me some. <laughs> Well, I mean, Bill Duke is such a... T- I mean, everyone's a badass and predator, but Bill Duke is like the silent badass and predator. If, if there's is. anyone you just don't want to mess with in Predator, he's probably the one you really don't want to pick a fight with because you oh. just don't know what he's going to do. You totally. just don't know. And yeah. he makes that clear. Yeah. <laughs> and also Mandy has the final film score from Johan Johansson. I hope mm. that's how you say it. Um, he passed away earlier this year, but he did the soundtrack for like Sicario, Arrival. I think he had something to do with the new Blade Runner soundtrack. So he and Villanueva must have been, obviously, were buddies or something like that. Yeah, but you okay. know that that sort of soundscape is the sort of thing that like really, really fleshed out this whole landscape, which yes. is incredible. And okay. it features like Stephen O'Malley from Sun O, and like it's just okay. really, really cool. Interesting. I think even though it's on video on demand and Amazon now, people should watch this on the largest screen available. So, I mean, you really want surround sound and you want like a, <clears throat> a like a theater setting. Interesting. Okay. Well, I am I can't wait. I'm going to be there whatever the first night is playing. It's an A. I will be there with you. Um, then real quick, some old ones that I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. I saw God Told Me To, 1976, Larry, Larry Cohen. Cohen. Yeah. The New York of My Dreams, yeah. a grimy 1970s New York. Oh, yeah. And that's just about um, a New York detective who's investigating a string of mass killings by people who claim that God told them to. It goes somewhere I was not expecting. <laughs> and... Just to bring it all back to Puppet Master, Puppet Master 3, Richard Lynch is in it. Yes, Set yes, on fire yes. again. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had never seen American House, 1986 House. I'd never seen it before, so I watched that. Ah, it's fun. It is. It's, it's really got Cliff. fun. Wait. Not Cliff. It's got George from Cheers. Yes. George from Cheers, yeah. the neighbor. <laughs> and this kind of comes into New Predator just because, like, uh, I guess not the screenplay, but the story is credited to Fred Decker. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got the greatest American hero in it. Yes! William Cat. Also, like, the would-be carry date. Yes. Or I guess the carry date, the unfortunate, sad, tragic the, carry the date. Carry, no, the sad, <laughs> yeah. tragic carry date, yeah. You know, um, yeah, I uh, Decker wrote a lot of screenplays probably more than he directed in the 80s. And House is a cool little movie. I think it's kind of forgotten, but I think a lot of people probably... Maybe people who are watching movies in the horror movies in the eighties know about House. A lot of people in the in the the preceding or the you know the the next generations really don't know that movie. I can't believe I hadn't seen it. Like I'd heard about it for forever, and I just had never watched it. But I mean, it really takes some ideas. It is a haunted house movie, but at the same time, and a Vietnam War movie. But what if the Vietnam ghost is living in your bathroom medicine cabinet? Like, it is very odd. It's a nice sort of uh, mental breakdown kind of horror flick. It's it's definitely that that mental internal horror as much as it is external. Yeah. Yeah, so... It's a neat movie. Now, have you ever seen House 2? 
No, I've not seen the House sequels. Are they good? House 2 doesn't even... It's not even in the same universe as House 1. It is a completely <laughs> different movie. It's basically a, a, a weird comic book come horror movie. Like, it's very strange. Well, I will Very, watch very it. strange. You should totally watch it. Yeah. It's, it's got a couple... Uh, it's got uh, the, the guy... One of the guys from Weekend at Bernie's in it. Which one? Jonathan... Um, Oh my god. Actually, say no more. I'm already invested. I'm going to be watching House 2, you I guess. you got to watch House 2. As I recall, it was on Prime for a minute. I don't know if it's on there now. <sighs> However, it's definitely worth watching. Uh, all sorts of weird characters. Because, you know, it plays on the idea in House that you can go into another dimension. And the house will take you places. And so um, they go back in time and forward in time. And it's just real silly. Also, I just think anyone who likes... 80s horror movies you want to see like men in suits and like kind of muppety looking nightmare creatures yeah. i mean houses got that plenty of that absolutely um so yeah I, i'm glad you got to see that that's a fun one me too it was awesome all right now we've seen a couple of the same movies yes we have we, we have seen a couple of the same ones should this we time. talk about first well i think that we should save the the new one for last oh okay the newest one for last so Netflix has been... I mean, look at that little dog from House 2. Oh my god. <laughs> see, now, now you have to see it. If the viewer, Anyone who saw House 2, remember the, the weird little caterpillar dog? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a picture of that right now. It's basically a space pug. It is kind of... Yeah, it, it's a space pug. That's a great way to describe it, yes. All right, well... So anyway, all right. Well, another time we will discuss the sequel to it. the uh, House, um, American House. Okay, so... So Netflix... Some of our favorite horror movies of 2017 were Netflix horror movies. Yeah. Um, Gerald's Game, namely being one in 1922 for me. I think you, I think you liked it. I, I think I liked it a little more. We both really liked both those movies. No, I was very impressed by Gerald's Game. <laughs> yes, it was wonderful. So, I, I think they'd the be creep doing movies. The yeah, creep Netflix. movies. Were, that was on Creep Two was on our list too. So Netflix really hit out of the park as far as uh, production companies, you know, non-traditional production companies um, creating horror. So this is their new. This is this was kind of a big one for them. New as far as new horror releases, uh, the Ritual. Mm-hmm. And my so my first basic description of the Ritual would be add in a blood red mixing pot the following ingredients. Okay. Two parts Blair Witch, one part the Final Terror. Oh yes. One part Wrong Turn. I've never seen Wrong Turn. Oh hillbilly horror. Oh no. Even though it's not, it kind of just has that sort of inspiration and sprinkle a little bit of Wicker Man. There mm-hmm. you go. Mm-hmm. And that's my that, that's my basic description of the ritual. Well, I found out it's actually based on a novel of the same name by Adam Neville, which I haven't read, and I I think maybe you haven't either. Yes, and I knew it was based on a novel, but uh, but yeah, no, neither of us have read it. But it definitely has. I, I would definitely say those influences are I, I think are legit, whether the writer meant to or not. It oh, ends up absolutely. Sort of, um, showing those videos. I'd say the first two thirds of the movie are really solid. Like absolutely, the scariest scene in the film has nothing to do with the supernatural elements. It comes right at the beginning, and it's the death of a friend that I was not expecting. No. So basically, it's these four friends who, in honor of their friend, are going camping and hiking in the Swedish wilderness, which looks beautiful, but also looks like a place that like crazy evil shit can go down. Yeah, it looks like a place a horror movie would start. But yeah, it's I I would love to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks, yeah, it looks amazing. Same. <laughs> 
And they find this abandoned cabin. They stay overnight. They're, I mean, as soon as they go in this cabin, you're just like, okay, creepy cabin in the woods. Red flag number one. Ding, ding, ding. Then there's an insane, like, is it a wicker effigy? I don't know what it is. There's this sort of effigy in the upstairs part of the... Yeah, it almost feels like it's an ancient satanic cult or something like that is what I kind of got from it. And they, they're a little unsettled, but they joke about it, and they're like, let's still sleep in this extremely creepy home full of bad omens. Yeah. <laughs> and they're plagued by nightmares, which kind of sets off this whole thing of the movie. I wouldn't say that that part's super original. I think they tried to get really original with the monster, which they do reveal at the end, but that's the part that I kind of didn't love. And we had a conversation, we, we've had this conversation more than once because it bears repeating that I think a lot of times it is I think it's so much harder to end a horror film than we realize Mm -hmm. because we've seen great horror movie endings so we know what they are I think of an ending like Black Christmas I think I think of it yeah I mean we could we could pick all sorts I think of like an ending like a Fright Night Mm -hmm. Uh, endings that are so memorable and well done and leave you wanting more but not in the way of you, you don't feel cheated and the reveal the reveal works. Mm-hmm. In a lot of these movies, too, you just get a hint of things and, and then everything really um, ratchets up in the final act. I think, though, that I've seen so many movies in the last couple of years where you get to the end, you get to the big reveal, and you're let down, and then that just colors the whole film. Mm-hmm. It's hard It's hard to... It, when seven-eighths of a film is an eight or nine, but the reveal is like a three or four... Yeah. How do you you know what's how do you rate that really? How do you how do you create? Uh, where does that go? You know. So. I would still recommend the ritual um, to anyone. I I say that I say that to also say um, I think it's a good movie. I think it's worth watching. There's some great. Uh, there's some good acting. There's some really good uh, character relationships. There's a few fantastic scenes with the creature near mm-hmm. the end. Oh, There's yeah. a couple of really beautiful shots. In fact, there are two, sh- two shots that we were both talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, the upstairs skeleton room and then the silhouette shot against the burning cabin. Those are absolutely gorgeous. I thought yes. cinematically those scenes were perfect. And I, I maybe I want a little bit more of that in the final act. Mm-hmm. Oh, another neat thing is I looked up some of the effects crew pictures from the film and I'm impressed that they actually built this creature and that attic scene we we're talking about, like, that's pretty impressive. And yeah, and I want so I, you know, if the filmmakers of the ritual ever ever listen to this podcast, please understand we like the movie. I just um, it, you know, maybe maybe it's hard to visualize. Everyone has their own idea of what they want a creature to look like. This monster has everything in the kitchen sink going on. It's interesting. It is. <laughs> yeah. it, but like I said again, it's not bad. It's not the way I felt about Super 8 actually. It's not the same it's not the same level I that's felt right. about Super 8. You know, 8. that's a really good comparison. But I think I also thought the movie Super 8 was so fantastic that when I got to the end it was probably more of a letdown for me. <laughs> Whereas this one I thought was a really good film that you know, maybe a slightly, you know, less yeah. excited by the end. Well, Netflix has had some hits and some misses with us, but I think more hits than misses. The only thing Agreed. that kind of makes me sad is I I sort of wish they worked more like the way Amazon Studios does, where they actually release films into theaters I know. and then put them on later, because I always want to see a movie in the theater, especially a horror movie. I would have liked to see particular. and here, here's something else. If we'd seen that last uh, t- 10, 15 minutes in a theater, 
don't know. Might have been better. Yeah, very because possible. Everything's better on the big screen. I with know because it looks because a couple of those scenes, like I said, those images are just gorgeous. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, I think it's an MBH recommendation. Yeah, MBH recommendation. Ding ding ding. MBH approved. <laughs> Kid is. tested. MBH horror tested. MBH approved. <laughs> so like, what was that? What was that project that was a kid tested, mother approved? Yeah. You know, I don't remember what it was. Is it time to talk about the new Predator? I think it is time. So, you know. Do you want to start off with our expectations? Because my expectations were not high after the trailer. No. Yeah. They were low. So here's my thing. Let's go back, right? Okay, Mm -hmm. so the first Predator is, I think, one of the great action films, sci-fi action films of the 80s. I think there's no doubt. It's It's one of the best of the decade, in my opinion. And I think that Predator 2 is hard to compare to Predator 1 because it's a vastly different film. It's so different. I mean, it takes place, there are multiple other plots happening in Predator 2. There's a lot of, you know, there are a lot more characters and storylines at play. Whereas Predator 1 is, there's a hunter. And there's a hunted, and there, there's the hunter and the hunted, and that's I've it. I've never seen Predator Two, nor did I watch Predator versus Aliens. I've only seen last recent mm-hmm. Predators movie, and then Predator. But in Predator Two, there's no Arnold Schwarzenegger either. There's not, but th- so I think that the Predator Two stands on its own in the Predator pantheon because again, it's so different that you don't compare it as much, even without Arnie. Um, and Danny Glover's good. I mean, Danny, I think Danny Glover's great. Ooh, but, me but, too. But he's really he's really good in the film. So, um, so already you have the first two films are, are you know here and here you know a, a one eighty degree difference, and then you bring in the Predator Aliens Predator films. I refused to watch them because I read the comic books and loved the comic books and was just worried they would destroy it. And from everyone I've talked to, it's pretty much the case for the most part. <laughs> um, so I skipped those as well. I did see Predators, mm-hmm. the last one. And I watched that. I thought I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. At the time, I didn't like it, but looking back on it, I don't know why. Like, it's really not a bad movie at all. I was, and it kind of it also kinda... puts together like a ragtag team, much in the way the new one does. And I think it worked a little better there. The ragtag team fighting the predator is is I guess the trope that we can never get away from in this series. It's kind of how it started. It's probably how it will end. Mm-hmm. It might be more effective than the new one. Even though it doesn't have a Shane Black script, it may, it may, it may be. I didn't love the lead as much in the in Predators. Predators. Mm-hmm. The new guy in this one is pretty good. I actually think he's the weakest part of the ensemble. Like, there's something really forgettable about him to me. That's what I mean. He's pretty good. Should be really good, you know. It's like, and that ensemble has a lot of strong actors. Like, it's it's kind of nuts to me that they picked just generic. Blonde guy. Boyd Holbrook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. So, you know, the new Predator is definitely a throwback to the original one. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, it's an 80s throwback. It, it opens in the jungle. Yes. <laughs> yes. You've got the kid who, you know, every 80s movie seemed to have a kid who is in danger. This one has the same thing. You know, you've got that. So you've got a lot of those tropes in there. And you've got the, you know, Keegan-Michael Key... Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, as Tom. soon as he like jumps on the screen and he's just like chomping on Nicorette gum, I wanted more of him. He was just chewing scenery like it was uh, last night's dinner. Like yeah, it was <laughs> it was fun. Like it was, it was fun. a pack of Nicorette gum. Yeah, yeah. Alfie Allen from Game of Thrones. Um, Trevante Rhodes from Moonlight. Trevante Rhodes from Moonlight, who 
I've been wanting to see ever since Moonlight in, in another big role. So you have that's that's the the and cast of Olivia Misfits. Munn. Well, that's okay, and then Olivia Munn she, on she the side of that, she definitely that does. Game. No, Olivia Munn uh, kicks some ass too. So you have a really fun cast of oh, you know, oh, oh, Thomas Jane. Oh yeah, no, I said oh yeah, oh, you yeah, did. yeah, yeah. Damn it. oh yeah. <laughs> no, you've got a really good cast along with Jacob Tremblay of uh, you know Room A yes of Room, which is one of the best films of the last decade. So you've got this cast of sort of like. A, B to like C actors like all in there, but they're all awesome, all a lot of fun. And uh, despite that, by the end of the movie, I was like, okay, this is fun. It's fun. It's good. I want, and I think, and I think I, of course, would love it to be great, but it met the expectation. It, it probably surpassed my really low expectations. It surpassed my low expectations, but it wasn't good. And the more I think about it, I think the less I'd like to watch it again. <laughs> I don't think I need to rewatch it. Right. Whereas Predators, I do want to rewatch because it's been a while and that was one of my first thoughts. We got out of the theater and I'm like, I want to rewatch Predators. Yeah. It made me want to rewatch uh, Predator 2, you know? It really did. I so need to see Predator 2. So I think we should probably have a viewing of that so we could talk about that later on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so our uh, one of my friends Said and and I'm sort of uh, I'm I'm kind of creating my own quip with it with his. It's a movie written by a twelve year old for twelve year olds. <laughs> That's kind of the way I kind of the way I feel about the new Predator. I and I like Shane Black by the way. I like him as a screenwriter and director. I thought the Nice Guys was great. Yeah, no, um, I thought that was awesome and super underrated. It's super underrated. I thought that Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is oh, great. Yeah, I think that. Since Shane Black's sort of resurgence, he's done some really, really good stuff. I think it's probably the weakest of those, of his new stuff. Absolutely. I wouldn't even put it in the same category. And I I really think Shane Black and Fred Decker are living in the... Like, if this had come out when Predator 2 came out, it would have been fine. But I think today... It's not that I wouldn't expect a Predator movie to be a macho movie, but it has... I don't know. It just lays it on so thick. Just all of these like male jokes. And I kind of thought the only one who pulled off the snarky one-liners all the way and all the time was Olivia Munn's character. Yeah. Like you have Keegan-Michael Key, one of the funniest actors today and comedians. And so many of those jokes like were awful and like just fell flat. And it made me kind of sad for him. I think it's it has some ableist jokes. There are just a lot of things where like you wouldn't expect a Predator movie to be PC, but it it almost felt I don't know, it almost felt like it really didn't belong in today's climate. And then there's like the background story of Olivia Munn getting Shane Black's friend who is a sex offender fired from the set. Yep. And then she was iced out by the cast on the promotion circuit and it's things like that just like kind of put a color over this movie for me where I'm just like, "Ooh, this Boys Club Predators movie." Ah. <laughs> uh, see those I mean kicking a, a sex offender off the ca- off the cast or off the film, I think sure that's great. Do that absolutely every time. Um the Boys Club stuff doesn't I, I mean I guess cuz I'm a boy. <laughs> I'm a man, but when I watch this movie, I feel like a, a little kid, you know? But yeah, I mean, I, I guess I have a different perspective. That that stuff really didn't bother me. I, I do think that it tries very hard to be as un-PC as possible. I think that was yeah, kind of its, its, its I goal. I mean, that, I don't know. I The one-liners, like, do not let up. No, they don't. <laughs> I thought, my, my whole thing is, I don't mind if you're trying to do it if you do it well. 
Um, some of the jokes are funny, and I think some of them actually worked out pretty well. Sometimes it, I, sometimes it do feel like you felt like it, it probably tried a little too hard mm-hmm. to to be on PC or to be you know oh we're a we're a, a quippy movie all the way through. But there, I thought there were some really funny scenes in it though. Given that, um, I thought there were some some great a couple great battles with the Predator. Uh, oh, the Predator. Okay, you go ahead first because there were a couple things I really enjoyed. Yeah, I think particularly with. The battles uh, between the predator, the turncoat predator, and then the uh, super predator, mega predator. Uh, There's some really cool stuff there. And yeah. The predator versus predator fights were awesome. I was all about predator space dogs, and I was all about any human death. I also love, like, turncoat predator is there to, like, warn people and give them a weapon. But at the same time, he's like, well, I'm going to take out a bunch of people in this jungle first. Oh, yeah. He still had to have his fun. I mean, hey, <laughs> you can take the hunter out the city, but you can't take the city out the hunter. Is that the way? <laughs> 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 um, but, but, yeah. Those are um, fun. Yeah, I liked that. And I loved the trick-or-treat scene with Jacob Tremblay as this little kid trick-or-treating in the Predator mask. That was pretty cute. And I'm just like, this is the 80s throwback that I was ready for in this movie. Yes, yes. There, it had elements of that. So, I mean, yeah, overall, it's fun. It's also it's fun. real. I don't know if it actually was a long movie, but it felt extremely long. It, it's only like, it's less than an hour and 45. Hour, or hour, it's an hour 54, I guess. Which is like, under, so under, clock's in under two hours. But uh, it, a lot. I think so much happens that it does feel um, longer than it actually is. No, it's an hour and 47 minutes. Okay, it is not a long movie. Just like Only God Forgives is not a long movie, but both of them feel long as hell to me. <laughs> right, right. So no, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to see, here's what I want. I would love to see a throwback Predator, sort of like Predators. I think I kind of like my Predator movies more serious. I think that's what I realized in this last one. It's why I like the first Predator, the second Predator, and Predators mm-hmm. pretty well. Because I, I actually, I, I want the suspense. This movie doesn't have much suspense in it. There's some suspense, but I didn't feel like the stakes were very high. Whereas no. in the first Predator, you don't know what's going to happen. Even the second Predator, there's some, a lot of great suspenseful scenes. That there's a scene in a meatpacking uh, meat factory. Um, between Danny Glover and the Predator, it's really excellent. So there's, and that's what this one was missing for me. Yeah, I mean this this leans so heavily on like the jokiness. Yeah, the stakes were incredibly low. Mm-hmm. Although you know, I was just thinking another scene I really loved was when they take Olivia Munn, like expert, into like Predator scientist lair, and like Jake Busey is a scientist. Oh, that was hilarious, where they're just kind of stuttering, because <laughs> here's this beautiful Olivia Munn in the uh, laboratory, and they're like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, but th- that whole, like, when Predator gets loose in that scene was super awesome. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess there were more things I liked than I initially thought, but... There's a number of fun scenes in it. I just think, uh, when I look at it as a whole, again, I think it's it's okay. It's fun. And if you're, going, if you're going for a fun, like, jokey, like, 80s guy movie, and neither of us have the desire to rewatch it, it's kind of failed as a movie. Yeah, because I love those kind of movies. Like, And I, personally, I love silly 80s mm-hmm. guy, you know, jokey movies. But you gotta do it right. Yeah. And you gotta make you gotta make it compelling enough to hold on. So again, yeah, so I maybe I liked it. Did I actually like this one better than you, maybe? I don't know. I think know. I might like it better than you. That's weird. 
I, I'm still kind of thinking about it because I don't want to totally trash it at all. But. No, I don't think we're trash. I mean, I think we're pointing out some critiques, but but I don't think either of us disliked it. Mm-mm. I just uh, I just think that um, we each had different expect- expectations or now seeing it like, oh, it could have been this. It could have, you know, that kind of thing. So Very but, uh, lukewarm recommendations from yes. Stephen Carey. <laughs> I will say this. If you've seen the other Predator films, absolutely see this film. Yeah, yeah, totally. It does fit into the pantheon of Predator. I think Shane Black... Is trying. I mean, he's trying to fit in. He's not trying to make it something completely different. Or I mean, he wants it to fit in uh, this in the series, and I, and I think it does in a lot of ways. So yeah. Yeah, and if they keep going off of this reboot with another Predator movie, I will watch that in theaters as well. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, every time. So uh, so yeah. So that was the new one. But that's that's actually probably one of the, my my big uh, you know films I've been looking forward to this year. So. I, you know, I was looking forward to Predator as well, and I'm really glad we got to see it together. Agreed. But you know, we have some really good things coming up. They're going to be released pretty soon. Yeah, new Halloween's lot, coming new up. Halloween, new Halloween. New Suspiria. What is that? Oh, damn it. I'm going to forget the name, but it's another Netflix movie. Yeah, there's a there's a couple um, there's a couple new Netflix things coming out as well. Yeah, so I think we've still got some great stuff to uh, to consider oh, for sorry. end of the year. Really quick, it's called Apostle, and it has Dan Stevens, and it's another religious cult movie. Yes. And it looks so fucking awesome. And it's another thing where I'm like, damn, Netflix, why don't your movies go to theaters? Because I would love that. Sure, sure. I would, I would definitely watch that. And it's Gareth Evans. Mm-hmm. The Raid. The Raid Redemption. Oh, my God. Which is one of... Okay, Raid 2 is one of the greatest action films I've ever seen. Yeah. It is one of the greats. Raid 1 is amazing. But Raid 2, when you finish with Raid 2, you feel like you've run a marathon. You feel like you've done triathlon. Mm-hmm. You've done all three. Because you are exhausted. There's so many amazing action sequences it's almost you get to the end you're almost like i don't even think i could watch it more action i might actually prefer the first raid but only because i was resistant to watching it and my friends like you've got to see it you've got to watch this movie and i'm like ah, okay and i'm like what this movie rules and by the time the raid 2 came out i was already pumped so yeah yeah so gareth evans doing a horror movie i am all in on that it's gonna be great it's gonna be intense yes yes what uh, if the intensity instead of like insane action is just non-stop religious torture we will just die and not make it through that screening no it's good it, I'm very very interested to see because we've only seen him doing these jacked up <laughs> pure adrenaline you know action films so I'll be very interested to see what he's gonna do with an atmospheric low-key horror flick maybe it won't be low-key i don't know maybe it will be just be bonkers crazy but i'm sure it won't be totally low-key but are those are the three i'm kind of most looking forward to do you have any others in there that no i i think we're on the same page as those. i mean those cool. are the big releases coming out so i mean i i totally agree i mean i think uh you know venom seems like you could almost consider it a horror uh you know comic book crossover i'm not I, I will see it at some point, but uh, but that's one that almost seems like it could be considered horror. But as far but other than that, yeah, I think we're I think those are the three the three biggies mm-hmm. um, for this fall. 
because again, they decided not to do another Friday Thirteenth last year, which we were very sad about. We thought we were going to be looking forward to another Friday Thirteenth. No, goddamn it! And you know, it makes. When me are the so studio going to get it together? Because after we did our Friday the Thirteenth episode, mm-hmm. I went back and I enjoy the Friday the Thirteenth reboot. Like uh, there are some things where I'm like, uh, but it's better on. A second viewing. It is. It, it is. stands up to a rewatch. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm all about another Friday the 13th movie coming out. But yeah, it's still not. You know, it's, yeah, it's still not my favorite of the series by far. But yeah, it, it absolutely uh, gets better. Yeah. But, but yeah, I am very excited about Halloween. Maybe I, I still haven't seen a couple of the Halloween sequels. So yeah. Yeah, I've never seen um, Tyra Banks Halloween. I don't even think I want to see that one. H two O. I do. H two O. Steve Miner. Was was cool. Yeah, yeah. But I heard they changed the whole Michael Myers uh, thing so much that I'm just I don't even know if I care about that one. I probably should watch it just to, to be a completist. Because Halloween Six is absolutely ridiculous. The one with Paul Rudd goes in the house. Wait, I think that's the same one. No, Tyra Banks is in that one. Oh, okay. Paul Rudd's in the one where there's this whole cult of Michael Myers. And it's this weird sci-fi subplot. It gets real just nuts. I also haven't seen it. And I had a hard time... Did you like 4? No! I love 4. Okay, well, I'll rewatch it, but... (laughs) Because 4, 5, and 6... So, if 1 and 2 are sequential, meant to be together, 3, obviously, is... 3 is a black sheep, but I think it's amazing. It's own thing. It's a great film, but it's it's, it's not even a Halloween film. Right. They just capitalized on the name, as we know. Well, because it didn't have to be its own Michael Myers franchise, but I guess it does. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they may maybe they had envisioned like, oh, we're each, you know, uh, each sequence next uh, Halloween film is going to be some other one-off about Halloween, almost like you know a a, ser- a franchise of anthologies or something like that. But four, five, and six are all meant to be watched together. Hmm. Okay. So that's why I think it's worth checking out five and six if you haven't seen them. Yeah. Well, I will do that, and yes. then we can watch what I mean. Hype wise, sounds like a pretty good Halloween movie. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I also am never wary about reboots. I like hold nothing sacred, and I think it'll be okay. You know me and reboots. I know, and, and everybody, everybody who, who like holds things dear, but I did. I totally do. Black Christmas. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, um, I th- I think uh, I think that's it for this one. Yeah, a short little episode. Absolutely, we appreciate y'all hanging on with us. Um, we had we had a lot of people download our episode uh, last time. So, um, thanks to everybody who listens to us and checks us out, even though we are um, woefully uh, off schedule most of the time. Uh, and uh, but we appreciate all of you checking us out and hanging out with us and. Um, hopefully enjoying um, our uh, movie talk. Yeah, yeah, thank you for listening. Yep. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.